Bonjour, ladies and gentlemen, Jamie in the house. How are you? All good in the hood, I hope. Can you believe, ladies and gents, that you have been with me for a month now on the Santa Shred? That deserves a DJ air horn. Rather, sorry, loud DJ air horn. So if you are listening to this back on the podcast, I do apologize. We have a lot of awesome questions to get through today's live. And um, I'm excited. They are some fantastic questions, same as last week. And uh, there's going to be lots of knowledge bombs to be dropped. So ladies and gents, without further ado, let's get into it, shall we? Boom. So the first one is from Rhea. And Rhea says, is there an order in which you should train? i.e. cardio before strength or strength before cardio. I was always told cardio first, but no one has ever given me a reason for this. So it's one of those things. It doesn't really matter in the grander scheme of things. One of the reasons that someone might say do cardio before weights is because doing some light cardio before you train can be really, really good. In between your joints, you have something called synovial fluid. And when that is going, as in you've got synovial fluid through your joints, um, you're able to train you know, more effectively and to be less injury prone. So doing a bit of cardio before your weights can, of course, get that synovial fluid moving, get you warmed up and less prone to injury. However, doing more intense exercise that's going to really fatigue you from a cardio point of view and then going to do weights What's going to happen you, with you doing that is, of course, you are going to be not as energetic, so you're probably going to be lifting less. So that actually might affect your weights-based session. With regards to cardio afterwards, cardio can be a good way to cool down if it is light cardio. Um, and I used to very much like doing cardio after my weights workouts. I used to go for a run after my weights workouts, and I very much used to you know, enjoy that. So there is no right or wrong way. There are benefits and disadvantages for, for most things. So find a way in which works for you. Um, I would recommend doing them separately um, if they are more intense. But if they're just very much light, you might want to either do it before to warm up or after to kind of, you know, inverted commas, cool down. So hope that helps, Ria. Elias, um, is it possible that the water retention from creatine had a late onset? Seems a bit heavier on the scale, yet the mirror doesn't lie. I look better. Elias, it's, it's something that I said, look, the mirror doesn't lie. If you look great and the scale doesn't show that, do you still look great? And the answer is yes. Now, water fluctuates um, in the body throughout the week. Uh, is it going to be late onset of creatine? Probably not. If you've been consistently taking it for a month now, the chances are you know, it won't be this late onset of creatine. It might just be that you're just retaining a little bit of water this week for a number of reasons. But that being said, as you said, the mirror doesn't lie. You, you look good. So that water will probably um, come right off next week. Lewis, uh, Lewis says, I struggle with doing pull-ups and chin-ups, uh, about five rep max and feel like my form is poor. Is it better to do alternative exercises with higher volume reps to build strength or stick with doing pull-ups, chin-ups and try to improve? The only way that you're going to do 
uh, better pull-ups and the only way you're going to get better at doing pull-ups is doing more pull-ups. One thing that I would recommend, and of course on the training programs, on one of the rotations we have a 10-10 superset. And uh, of course there's a few people that are struggling to do row 10 rows, 10 rows, 10 pull-ups. I of course was struggling as well. So what I like to do is I like to use a band or an assisted pull-up machine. And how you, of course, track that on Train Heroic is any pull-ups that I do, I always put my body weight in because I'm, a, I'm essentially pulling up my body weight. But if I add a band, what I do is I reduce that band's weight from my body weight. And it's just a way of keeping on track with the volume and, of course, um, helping support and assist me in my pull-ups. So what I would say is don't use them uh, use an alternative exercise use band assistance or a, uh, a machine assistance and then work through the technique of the pull-up because uh, you will improve over time as your strength levels and of course you know your I've forgotten what the word is now um, I was going to say like your neuromuscular um, memory you know when you do certain things for a long period of time you, your muscles kind of get used to the movement and the repetition of it, which then, of course, it becomes much easier. And you build up your confidence with doing them too. Well, um, hi, Joe. My question is, them hoodies you wear with the goose on, what are they? Um, they look super comfy. I just want to say I'm not sponsored by them, but they reached out to me at the beginning of the year. And I get a lot of clothing companies reach out to me. And they said, oh, we want to send you a hoodie. And most of the time I say no. I, have, I usually have a glance, but most of the, th most of the things that people say, oh, I want to, I've got this new clothing company. Most of them are just basically like crap clothes with a crap logo on. And I went on the website and I looked at one of these gray hoodies that they had. And I was like, cool, that's quite nice, actually. So I said, oh, okay, I'll have a gray hoodie. And I got it and I just wore it everywhere because not only did it look great, but everyone was complimenting me. So, oh, where'd you get that hoodie from? Very much like Will is now. And I kept telling people about it. And a lot of people kept buying them. And the next thing I know, I got every single color for free, by the way, which I'm very, very happy and pleased for, uh, sent to me. So I always wear these hoodies now because they are bloody good. Okay. Um, I'm not sponsored by them. I don't have an affiliate code or anything like that. But I will just tell you where the website is so you can have a look. And it is loosegooseclothing.co.uk. Okay, loosegooseclothing.co.uk. Um, the, the hoodies are great. They're fantastic. Really, really thick. Um, really, really comfy. Um, they're 40 quid, so they're not cheap. Um, but they're worthwhile. They're, they will last you a long time. They are very durable um, hoodies. And I've, I've got all three colors. Uh, the black one's fantastic. Yellow one's awesome. Uh, I do like the pink one as well. So loosegooseclothing.co.uk. There you go, Will. Ellie, um, what does maintenance look like in the weeks leading up to Christmas? Well, this is going to be personal preference, but you know, maintenance is going to be your total daily energy expenditure. So if you, for example, are, are three to 400 calories below your total daily energy expenditure, rather than whack it straight the way back up, if of course you're not looking to drop any more weight, then just slowly increase it. So if you're 400 calories over after the Santa shred, I'll probably increase a couple of hundred calories, see how you get on with that. And then maybe another couple of hundred calories after that. Um, and, it, and it's going to be different for each person. It really, really is. I'll be honest, most people are going to go over on calories. So you might want to 
of course, keep with where you are. If, of course, you're still enjoying being at those calories, it's not too much of a struggle. And this is, you know, it's going to be different from person to person. But one of the main things that I said when it comes to Christmas is just don't kick the ass out of it. You know, Christmas to me is about four days, four days, which I, I, I literally don't track. Of course, I enjoy myself. I have lots of alcohol, lots of food, and I don't really like personally care too much. And the reason that I don't care too much is because I know like personally I'll get back on track. Now, this is going to be very different advice to what I would recommend other people to do, because just going off track for Christmas could without a doubt, ruin everything that you've done in the last six weeks. If it gets you out of the the mindset and the routines which you've been setting yourself up in the last six weeks, so you've just got to have a, a strategy for yourself. And, you know, the most important thing for Christmas is not necessarily progressing in weight. It's just being realistic of knowing, you know, where you want to not surpass. So, and what I mean by that, is let's just say, for example, that you lost eight pounds on the Santa Shred. One of the strategies that you could focus on is just making sure that you don't increase your weight over four pounds, let's just say, over the Christmas period. And even if you do, it's okay. It's just knowing that, you know, you are going to, you know, eat a lot more food. You know, water is going to be added to that as well. And one of the things I don't want people to do is firstly go backwards too much over Christmas uh, and secondly get out of the the habits and routines that they're doing. And and one of the reasons for that is December is usually the quietest time in the year. So if you want to get some good training with some added calories, this, you know, next month, next week starts saying, well, it's, it's such a great time for some good good, good, good quality training sessions of which I'm going to be, of course, helping you with, which I'll explain, which I explained, yes, uh, last week. And I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, in a bit. So maintenance, you know, your total daily energy expenditure and start working your way up if that's what it is that you're looking to do. Khaled, um, I do spin three times a week, including hitting steps daily and training four times a week. Going over on calories by one to 200 daily is not going to hurt, is it? Not really. I mean, it looks like you are doing a lot of movement and I assume that you're consuming enough calories based on you know, your calculations that you're doing. But the answer is one to 200 calories for a male that is very, very active. No, because your total daily energy expenditure is probably a lot higher than, say, a female, of course, because you are taller, you're male, you know, you have a lot more muscle um, and you know, you burn a lot more calories during the day. So it's going to be less detrimental for you. Um, and it's, you know, one of the things you said there, it's not going to hurt. One of the things that, once again, to remind you that you are a super active individual. Okay, you're doing spin three times a week, hitting steps daily, training four times a week, um, going on calories, going slightly over on calories. You haven't got to worry. You're a very active individual and your body will just be like, thank you. Okay, thank you. So um hope that helps, Khaled. Michael, any tips to handle a 33-week pregnant girlfriend? Um, I haven't got any tips apart from this. Just do exactly what she wants you to do. You know, sometimes I say hard things, easy life. When it comes to having your girlfriend, wife, or other half pregnant, um, just do what they say. That is an easy life. Okay, that is an easy life. That's all I'm going to say. 
And we'll move swiftly on to that, Michael. Uh, Laura, uh, I've been sick all week, so I didn't train. So do I, um, do I do last week's training session this week or does it matter? In the grand scheme of things, Laura, it doesn't really matter. One thing that I do is to have a look at last week's training programs and have a look at this week's and see which one is, you know, which one you prefer to do. It doesn't really matter in the grander scheme of things because, of course, you know, it's choosing probably the one that you would enjoy uh, a little bit more getting back into the swing of things with. So have a look, make a choice, and yeah, don't beat yourself up. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, so I hope that helps, Laura. Uh, Lloyd, if you're the type of person that does tend to overindulge on sweets or high-calorie foods and struggles with restricting in intake, do you have any recommendations for reducing and resisting sugar cravings? One of the things that I say is make sure that you are having decent-sized meals so you don't get hungry, number one. Number two, make sure you're, you're hydrated, okay? Being dehydrated can make you crave sweet and salty foods, so um, that can definitely help. And also, kind of a common-sense thing, but it's not common practice, don't have high-calorie, sugary things in the house. Okay, it's so easy to eat those things when they're visual and they're there. Um, so remove them so you're not tempted. And then, of course, there's lots of great things that you can make and have to hit that sweet craving. As you might have seen in the group, they've got the protein mousses. You've got all the, you know, the, the chocolate high-protein yogurts and different things like that. Um, you've got my cottage strawberry cheese recipe. Um, which, of course, as I always said, it's half a sachet of sugar-free cottage cheese. Sorry, half a sachet of sugar-free jelly, 300 grams of fat-free cottage cheese, um, boiling water, 300 mils in the sachet of uh, sugar-free jelly. Let that cool down. Whack the 300-gram pot of cottage cheese in the blender. Whack the 300 mils of jelly mixture. Blend for a minute. Pour into a Tupperware or a bowl. Whack it in the fridge, leave it overnight, and I'm telling you now, um, it's like strawberry delight. It's incredible, it's high in protein, it's voluminous, and it will hit that sweet tooth of yours. Um, it's, an, it's awesome. You will enjoy it. Michelle, uh, when can we sign up for the December and January accountability? Want to keep this going? It's helping so much. Well, Michelle, I'm going to explain this now, what I'm going to be doing. So the answer to your question is next week. Okay, next week, I am going to be uh, giving you a link to continue your journey with me during the rest of December and January too. Okay, the cost of that, um, we're still thinking about that, but what I'm probably going to be saying uh, for you guys, um, that, that that's going to be potentially £99. Um, and what we're going to be giving you for that, of course, is a Facebook group. Um, and you'll have that Facebook group with me through December and January. You will get training programs. So you'll get training programs to cover you for the whole of December and January, and they're going to be gym-based, so not home-based, but gym-based. Um, you're going to get a weekly check-in with me, so we're going to do a, a live stream, so a Q&A session with that to keep you on, um, you know, keep you focused. We're going to have a little bit of fun over Christmas, so there's going to be a few little challenges uh, in the lead-up to Christmas that um, are going to be a little bit of fun. Um, some of them are going to be fitness, and some of them are not. And um, January. Um, we're going to be doing a kind of a little mini-ish challenge 
where I'm going to be giving somebody a very good prize, an incredible prize. I have a new 90-day uh, transformation uh, program coming out in Feb, and the person who does best in Jan uh, will win a free place on that, and that free place is going to be worth about £500. So that's a little bit of accountability in Jan. Uh, one additional thing that you'll have with that as well is a free ticket to my live event. On Saturday, the 14th of January, I'm going to be doing an event called Mindset with Muscle Live. Um, it's going to be a full day event on the Saturday, which you're going to be mapping out your entire goals for the year, both um, with multiple things, with your physical goals, with your mental goals, with your social goals, and with your kind of metaphysical metaphysical slash spiritual goals uh, we're also uh, going to have lots of ice baths there as well so if you've ever wanted to do a, an ice bath in jan guess what um, surprise surprise you're going to be able to do that at the event too and it's going to be a fantastic day um, as part of joining that you're going to get a ticket to that free it's, it's based in leicester at the uh, leicester tigers rugby club and uh, really, really excited about that. So that's going to be on Saturday, the 14th of Jan. So it's going to be a nice uh, kick your ass, get you focused uh, for, for next year. So all of that you will get as, uh, as part of the continuation. I'm going to be talking more about it um, next week. So um, rest assured that if you're wondering where to go after this, uh, that is going to keep you focused all the way up till uh, January and potentially beyond if you... Firstly, if you win a place on my 90-day uh, program, which I'm going to be running in uh, February. And uh, of course, that's going to be open for you guys as well if you want to continue your journey from February all the way up till, till the end of April. So uh, very, very excited about what I've got planned for next year. So the answer is uh, yes. Um, more, de more details next week. Amy, uh, I'm used to doing more cardio than is programmed and I'm really missing it. Can you advise... Um, if I can swap a lifting session for a run, hell yes, if you want to. I've also started on creatine last week and my weight has gone up. So my cardio will be harder after it for not uh, for doing it so long with the extra weight. Um, Amy, I would say sometimes I don't do cardio for ages, but because I'm eating well, I'm stretching and I'm looking after myself, I can get back into the groove of cardio quite easily because I'm pretty fit and healthy. Um, it's when I'm not looking after myself and then I run, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, but one of the things I want to say when it comes to training is you know, select the things that you enjoy doing. As you said, you miss going for a run. So if you enjoy running and that is your thing, I would much rather you do three gym sessions and a run than four gym sessions because running is what you want to, you know, you want to do. And that's going to be a perfect routine for you because of course you've got your gym training there. Um, one of the reasons as well, ladies and gents, why I've done four sessions and what you'll see is that I've got two upper body and two kind of lower body is the way that I program my sessions is you can pretty much hit every single muscle group with just three sessions. Okay. So the two uppers kind of focus on push movements and pulling movements and then the lower body pretty much covers most of your lower body. So if you were to skip a leg session on the program and change that for a run, totally cool especially if you're missing it as well okay and it's just getting you to focus on things once i said said things that you can see yourself doing a year from now because that's the mindset i'm trying to get people to focus on uh for the santa shred james is training to failure necessarily uh, necessary and the answer is no 
It's not. Okay. What it is that we're looking to do when we're building muscle, when we're improving our body composition and, you know, everything else is progressive overload. And that's one of the keys of it. And it's increasing the volume in which we're lifting over time. Um, going till failure on, you know, training till failure on everything um, can be a great strategy. Now and again, as you can see, going into week two and week uh, five of the Santa Shred with the training programs, I do one exercise, sorry, one set till failure, but I don't get people to train uh, till failure. Um, it's not required or necessary to see progress or growth. Okay. Um, so, and, and it can, you know, it can be nice, um, to have like I've done with one of the training cycles, but not in everything. Okay. Uh, it's not necessary. Paul, uh, does the Facebook group stay open after the challenge finishes? And the answer is yes and no. Uh, it's going to be staying open for a week after the challenge. So, um, from the week commencing kind of the 11th and 12th, that week it's going to be open, but we're going to be closing it on the Sunday. However, for those of you who are staying on with us, uh, there will be a new Facebook group. And of course, if you are going to be joining us in December and January, um, we'll be just continuing uh, there. So if you are wanting this group and accountability, um, come on board with us through December and Jan. I'm telling you now, we're going to have uh, a lot of fun. We've got a few, few cool things uh, mapped out, planned out. We've got some awesome training programs and, you know, it's going to be a great accountability fantastic accountability in Jan. And I would say one of the reasons that a lot of people fail their goals um, fitness-wise in Jan, especially in the UK, is Jan is bloody miserable. I hate January because it's cold, it's dark, it's miserable, and it's the worst time of year to get started on, you know, on getting into a healthy habit and routine. But it's going to be so much easier when you've got a group of people that getting back into the swing of things, when you've got a little bit of a challenge, which I'm going to be setting everybody, and you've got that accountability as well. So, um, so come and join us. I think it's going to be um, pretty damn epic. Danielle, is there anything else I can do to accelerate my weight loss? I've lost eight pounds so far, uh, but I've got three stone to lose. Firstly, Danielle, I'm going to find, where's my, there's my... You've lost eight pounds. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And here's the thing. You've got three, as you said, you've got three stone left to go. One of the things that you want to be thinking about is the long term. Okay. So if we were just saying that um, you've lost eight pounds in four weeks, let's just say that you're losing two pounds a week, which is phenomenal, by the way. Um, and let's just say that we get to 12 pounds at the end of um at the end of this Santa shred, what I'd be looking to do is over that Christmas period, make sure that I don't make, like go over two pounds. So keep focused, keep it up the routines, try not to be focused too much over Christmas on losing weight, just maintaining and then focus really on Jan for that maybe one to two pounds uh, a month. And with, you know, with three stone, it's about habits and routines. Okay. If we're looking at that from a pound point of view, you know, it's around 40 pounds. So if we're looking at losing, you know, a pound, two pounds a week, we're thinking long term. We're thinking, you know, I want to be, I want you to be thinking, right, you know, I'm going to get to my goal weight of three stone um, by summer next year. And here's the thing with that mindset of going, right, three stone by summer. And at the end of July, 
I'm going to book myself a holiday. So um, I'm going to be going away on a certain date in July. And it's this, this kind of thing which you're setting yourself up to win because you're thinking longer term. You're going to have an outcome-based goal, potentially, and you're going to do it right. Okay? You're going to do it right. And that's the main thing. Doing it over that long period of time will, will ensure it's slow and steady, will get you into the right habits and routines. And, and the biggest thing as well is that you have that outcome-based goal, potentially of the holiday, and then it's just still doing what it is that you're doing, enjoying the holiday, enjoying the three stone weight loss, visualizing that and working backwards. And uh, I guarantee you the habits and routines, giving yourself that length of time and focusing on it, that not only are you going to achieve it, you're going to sustain it as well. So visualize that next summer um, and work backwards from there and then pace yourself. Okay, have a strategy in place for Christmas. And it's not about continuing your weight loss. It might be, depending on how strict you're going to be on yourself. Um, but it might, you know, the biggest thing would be, right, I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure that I'm not going two pounds over what I've already achieved. Um, so Danielle, I hope that helps. Okay, Emma, um, how do you get back the momentum after you have, um, sorry, how do you get back the momentum you have created after being ill? I always recommend that you must take it slow. Take it slow. Oh, oh. I am I am the most awful ill person. It doesn't happen that often, but literally I want the ground to um chew me up and just oh, I'm a terrible sick person. And uh when I get back into the swing of things, I just make sure I do it very slowly. Okay, so I don't get the intensity back with my workouts. I just try and get my steps back in. My appetite normally goes, which so is trying to get introduce simple foods back in. And it's just taking it slowly and not feeling like you're behind and you need to catch up. Okay. So just take it slow. Matt is training with Dom's okay. And the answer is yes, it is. You know, a lot of the times I, I do train with Dom's and actually when I do warm up properly it actually helps like if i've got leg doms and i've got a leg session i don't avoid the leg session i just make sure i warm up well and um i you know i'm okay if you've got debilitating doms which you might have had in the first week then you might want to just you know not go as intense but yeah it's absolutely fine to train with doms uh, nadine nadine's got a bit of a long one here talking about night shifts um, and just strategies with lunch in the evening, dinner before um, before break. So just changing up your food routines from your night shift to your day shift. And um, what Nadine asks is, will it make a difference what order I'm eating, what in, or just what I'm having? And the answer is really no. You know, what I understand is that your you know your body doesn't know what it's eating per se. It's just taking the calories in and utilizing the macronutrients that it's been given. Um, it's going to be taking into account your movement and it's going to be taken into account when you're not moving and when you're sleeping. It's going to take into account when you're overly stressed and, and potentially tired. So when you understand that, then there are lots of variables in play when you're shifting from day to night, but your food's not necessarily going to change. How you are impacted with your movement and with your mood um, is going to have 
uh, an effect, as in like if you are overly tired and stressed, you might be holding a bit more water. Um, if you're not getting as much sleep, you know, your cravings might be uh, a lot higher and might be very, uh, a lot more difficult to give into temptation. But the reality is if, if nothing changes, but kind of the, the time then, and you're eating the same thing, um, I wouldn't worry too much about the timing just as long as you're hitting uh, your calories throughout that day and throughout that week. So hopefully that helps Nadine. Emma, should I aim for a certain amount of fiber in my diet? Um, yeah, I mean, a simple rule of thumb for fiber is around 30 grams a day. Okay, about 30 grams a day, which you're going to get from, you know, from your vegetables, from your potatoes, from, you know, your rices and different starches there. Um, and, you know, it's not something I necessarily keep on track if I'm making sure I've, I've got enough vegetables and uh, fibrous carbohydrates in my diet. That tends to hit that kind of 20, 25, maybe 30 grams. But if you're severely under, as in you're looking at your um, NutriCheck or MyFitnessPal and you're only getting around 10 grams of fiber, I might want to um, purposely focus on getting uh, even more fibrous uh, vegetables or carbs in my diet or potentially having some kind of flaxseed or other things like that. Do note, however, that a lot of things like flaxseeds and that, they do have a lot of fiber in, but they're normally quite high in fat, so of course they're going to have calories in there too. And a spoonful of like flaxseed um, can be as much as like 50, 60 calories, so just be aware of that. Uh, Rob, can eating low calories have a detrimental effect? Uh, not really, no. Uh, does the body think it's not getting enough calories, so stores them straight away? Uh, it doesn't know. Or is it best to eat little and often to stoke the fire? So it's very much a myth that people used to say that if you eat little, little, little and often, it stokes the metabolic fire. It doesn't. It, it can actually be detrimental sometimes because if you eat like a rabbit sometimes and snack all the time, you'll never really feel full. You're always feeling hungry because your body... Um, when you eat a big meal, you release something called ghrelin, okay? And what ghrelin does is it reduces that hunger pang. And normally, when you eat a big meal, you have a big ghrelin release. And that means that you don't think about food. Something that I said about my strategy is I, like Percy, and I know this is unfair, ladies, but I maintain around 3,000 to 3,200 calories a day. Normally, if I if I get my movement in at the moment, I'm probably about two thousand eight hundred, two thousand nine hundred calories a day, and um, you know, which, which of course is unfair. But I my breakfast is around twelve hundred calories, and the reason that my breakfast is twelve hundred calories is because I eat about I don't know about eight o'clock, and I don't think about food at all till about lunchtime, like one o'clock, two o'clock. Um, so, and it's because. I've, I've given my body enough food that it doesn't need to snack or think about things. So I tend not to snack too much. I tend to have big meals. Um, so it's probably, you know, this whole stoking the metabolic fire. It's, it's not always, well, at first it's not correct. Um, and it's not always a good strategy um, to curb your hunger during the day. Um, also, some days I don't have enough time in the day to, um, so nearly all my calories are eating in one sitting and late at night. Does this matter? And the answer is no, not at all. There are people out there who do what's called the OMAD diet. What the OMAD diet is one meal a day. So they get a massive, massive meal, like 2,000, 2,500 calories, and they only eat once a day. Um, do they get great results? Yeah, because 
you know, they're eating a sufficient amount of calories. They're eating a massive, massive meal. And uh, that pattern of eating works for them. Certainly not something that I'm looking at doing. Um, hell no. But it is a strategy. And, you know, the only thing that they're restricting is not necessarily calories, it's time. Uh, so I hope that helps, Rob. Dan, can you please remind me of the best macro percentage? Mine is currently 30% protein, 30% fat, and 40% carbs. Um, there is no perfect macro uh, breakdown. Making sure that you have enough protein in your diet, which is going to be around 25 to 30% of your calories. 30% is still quite on the high side of protein, depending on your calories. Um, but there's nothing wrong with having a bit more protein in your diet because it's going to help with your satiety levels. Um, however, your fats and your carb percentages are going to be personal preference. You know, personally, me, I like to have a, um, a higher carb, lower fat. So my breakdown would be like 30% protein, 50% carbs, and 20% fat. And because of that, you know, I eat a lot more carbs. I eat a lot more of the foods that I enjoy. And I have a lot more volume in my food because carbohydrates, of course, are a lot higher in food volume than fat. So I have more overall food in my diet. However, I know a lot of people who sometimes have about 30% protein have about, about 30 to 40% fat and then about 20 to 30% carbs. And the reason for that is that they prefer um, fattier foods such as like things like dark chocolate, avocado, you know, um, certain fattier meats and, and, and coconut oil and different things like that. And what they actually find is that a higher fat diet they feel more satisfied on. Um, so it's always personal preference. There is no magical number. And that's why I say, look, the most important thing is calories. The second most important thing is making sure that you've got sufficient amount of protein, which, as I recommend, it's around one gram of protein per pound of lean body weight. Um, and the rest is going to be personal preference. Um, so there is no perfect one. And, you know, 30% fat, 40% carbs, 30% protein, fantastic. It's a, it's a great ratio uh, for you to have. Matt, what foods do you have to add volume without adding extra calories? I use raw spinach and cauliflower rice at the moment, but can you give recommendations, please? So I've got a couple of recommendations that I do. Um, what I like to do is when I'm cooking chicken, okay, when I'm cooking chicken, I like to add mushrooms to it. Because if you, right, sometimes when I cook my chicken up, I use a wok, Okay, I use maybe either a little bit of oil or butter, which I've, I, of course, account for. And then I'll put some seasonings in there. And then I'll cut some cubes of chicken. And then I'll cut mushrooms up. Now, I'm telling you now, when you've got about two to 300 grams of mushrooms, 200 grams of chicken, some spices on there, you, when you're eating it, you can't tell what's chicken and what's mushroom. I promise you that. Okay, I promise you that. So you get a nice volume in there. And the mush, you know, the mushroom and the chicken. That that's why you know you see chicken and mushroom always mixed together. But block, you know, cutting thick bits of mushroom with the chicken, amazing. Okay, there's the volume. So chicken and mushroom is one of my go-to's. And another thing that I like to do is uh, mince meat. So lean mince, um, lean, you know, lean beef mince, and I have courgette. Okay, so courgettes that are spiralized, you can actually buy them or you can use a spiralizer and then mixing that in with the uh, beef mince with some herbs and spices, 
bulks it out. Okay, so they're my two go-tos um, for adding extra calories and volume. Chicken with uh, mushrooms and lean beef mince with courgette. Claire, uh, my weight hasn't moved for two weeks. Should I lower my calories? Um, if you've been doing everything correctly, Claire, then yes, just make a small tweak of 100 calories a day. Um, if you want to add steps, alternatively, uh, you can do, as I said, either 100 calories or 2,000 steps. I would rather move more than eat less, but if you can't get an additional 2,000 steps and you're already getting a lot of steps in, then just make a 100-calorie tweak to your nutrition, which I recommend 25 grams out of your diet of carbohydrates, um, and then uh, ready to rock and roll for week five. Rachel, uh, where do we post questions if we have specific training inquiries? It's great that the app includes videos, but I still have technique questions. Rachel, uh, if you have any specific questions, just ask them in the help desk. Um, we do, of course, answer the help desk between 9 and 2, Monday to Friday. So feel free to ask it in the help desk and uh, we'll get back to you tomorrow morning for that specific question. Faye, uh, I know the numbers and the scales aren't the be-all and end-all. They are not. Uh, but is there anything I could do the last couple of weeks to see more of a drop? Once again, just make a small tweak to your calories, maybe increase your movement. You know, in this last two weeks, if you're not doing much calorie, uh, if you're not doing much calorie, if you're not doing much cardio, you might want to do a weekend run or something like that because that's going to help. If you enjoy it and you add it as a tool, as in, you know, a little 5K run, it's going to add... Um, you know, about 400 calories, 500 calories maybe of um, uh, of calories burnt throughout the week, okay? So that can be a tool to add in this uh, final couple of weeks. One thing I will say, if you are going to make a tweak, ladies and gentlemen, it's probably the last week that I would recommend making that tweak. Um, so if you are going to make one, um, or add something such as a cardio session, then I would focus on doing it, uh, this week going into week five. Simon, how many sausages, uh, do I think I could eat? And, and he did say something about, um, somebody complaining in Ireland about sausages, which I'm, um, I'm not getting into any domestic here, Simon, but how many sausages do I think I could eat? And you were mentioning heck when I, I actually have sausage and mash tonight. And I normally, I mean, I could eat, I could eat a lot of, of um, sausages, especially the heck ones are really nice. The Sainsbury's, um, the Sainsbury's low calorie sausages are, I think, better. They are much tastier, they're much higher in protein, and they're much less in calories. So I would go to Sainsbury's and get my uh, sausages, but I normally have four. Okay, I normally have four sausages. I could eat a whole pack, but then I'd, I'll be adding a lot to my calories. Gareth, um, had a total fuck of a week, both physically and mentally. I've trained once and um, once hit 10,000 steps. Haven't seen any changes in me measurements, of course, because you know, you've know you had a, a bad week. Would you advise cutting my cows on a day-to-day -day basis on whether I train or hit my steps or both for the last two weeks? Um, not necessarily, because if you're... You know, if you've changed in your movement and everything, you know, if it's if it's different to when you started out, then possibly yes. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily change it day to day. I would just change your overall goal. So, for example, if you had yourself down as moderately active, and you are hitting a certain calorie range, and you're no longer moderately active, you're now lightly active. Chances are, 
that your calories might go down around 150 calories a day. Uh, if you are less active, as in you're getting less than maybe 70,000 steps in a week, um, I would just make an overall reduction for your calories uh, for each day. So let's just say you're on 2,400. I might um, take that down to 2,250. Um, purely because that movement which you set beforehand um, has changed. So I hope that helps. I would just say not per day, but just overall. Um, I mean, and you, you could separate that through the days because what you could say is you could do 2,250 times seven. So you know your weekly calories and then you could alter that intake on days where you're training and days where you're not. So you can have uh, more food when you are training and less food uh, when you're not. Um, very much like you can do in the NutriCheck app, which I showed, where you can choose different calories on certain days if you know these certain days. And if not, um, and you, you, know, you know that you're going to have a day where you're not going to get as much movement, hit the number for your rest day calories. I uh, hope that makes sense, Gareth. Mark, after six weeks, um, we offer additional training because I need to find something to keep this going in December and beyond. Uh, as I mentioned, Mark, yes. Um, at the end of this, we are going to be continuing. There is going to be a male and female gym-based program. Um, we do have some other home-based um, workouts, some kettlebell programs and that, which we quite happily add. Um, but yeah, the answer is, yeah, I'm going to do a little bit of a package to speak to you about next week. And what the package will include is a Facebook group, training programs, and a little kind of mini uh, Christmas challenge that we're going to do, and a little mini uh, January challenge in the build-up to uh, the end of January, where, as I already mentioned, I've got an event on the 14th, which you'll get a free ticket for if you uh, continue on with us. And it, the person who does the best in Jan will also win a place on my 90-day program, which is going to be starting in Feb too. Um, so pretty damn excited about that. Chris, um, yep, saw you, sent you a long email. Understand the weight loss, the muscle build. I don't understand the science behind the increased productivity, focus, mental clarity, brain fog, lifting. Can you explain why um, I'm like me but on fire? Multitude of reasons. One of the things that I always say when it comes to tracking things, tracking your training, tracking your nutrition, getting into these routines, and then seeing results, feeling good, and all of these things is common sense. And it's something that I say time and time again, common sense isn't common practice. A lot of people that are in a funk, a lot of people don't actually know that they're in a funk. A lot of people are managing with life quite well, or they think they are. You know, They might not be exercising as much, they might not be eating as healthily, but mentally they're in a good place. They're busy, they've got businesses, they've got jobs, they've got family. Um, and it's not until you know, they get into these healthier routines that they're like, oh my God, something's changed. And what's changed is the level of control. And this is, this is a really big thing when it comes, and this is why I say it's so important to measure, manage, and track things. Because when you do, you have control over certain variables, and that element of control gives you confidence. That element of control gives you clarity. That element of control gives you focus. Because there's lots of things in your life which you can't control. You know, when you go to work for the day, you can't control things. Um, but you can control, and I always say this, you can, you can always control how much you move and what goes in your gob. And when you do have a control over that, and you do get lighter, you have more energy, when you're hitting workouts and you feel like you're working towards a goal, 
everything lifts. Everything like your 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 mental clarity changes, your your brain fog changes. You know, you're more hydrated. You're eating better quality foods. All these things, which everybody knows that if they did, they would feel better, but they don't. So it's not until you go through a period of time of going, ah, oh, you know, I thought I was doing everything. You know, I thought I was, you know, I thought I was good with this stuff, and a lot of people aren't. And when they do, it's like, oh, I wish I'd done this sooner. And I guarantee some of you here will be, you know, four weeks into this and gone, cool, if I knew I was going to feel like this after four weeks, I would have done it much sooner. Guaranteed some of you have had that thought. And it's like, yeah, it's difficult to start. And one of the things that some people need is uh, a sign. And for a lot of people, the sign was this Santa Shred. It was a thing to commit to in a period of difficulty, which is the build up to Christmas, um, that makes a massive, massive difference. And that's one of the main reasons as well that I'm like, right, you know, I want to keep this momentum through December and January. And uh, that's something that we didn't do last year. Last year, I had some of my coaches come in to offer some of their services because I wasn't going to be working with people um, the following year. You know, this year, I've just worked with personal trainers and helped them with their businesses. Uh, next year, um, I'm helping people with their lives. Yeah, I, I'm very much focused on not only helping my coaches, but really, really helping people. Um, one of the most rewarding things on reflection this year has been the impact that not only hopefully this Santa Shred has had with you guys, um, but the impact that my content has had. And it made me miss so much working closer with people, uh, getting them healthier, happier, fitter and stronger. So I'm very, very excited for next year and what um, I'm going to be focusing on doing because it's going to be having a very positive impact, hopefully, on a lot of people's lives. Um, and as you can see, you know, you're on fire in the last four weeks. Imagine having this fire burning uh, throughout the rest of next year. Uh, Katie, um, how can women strategize when they're on their period? I'm going to break this down, Katie, into three things, training, nutrition, and uh, that's when I say mindset, but for some reason I put journal. So training, um, for training is about reducing intensity. Okay. The intensity of your exercises, uh, reducing down, be okay with strength, not being progressed. A lot of people who are seeing, um, a lot, a lot of ladies who are seeing progress in the gym and then it gets that time of the month, they're not as strong and they get frustrated when it's actually perfectly normal to not be able to push yourself as hard when it's that time of the month. So when you know that that is going to happen, it's being okay with that happening because it's a normal thing to happen. Uh, nutrition, once again, you'll get an increased irritability and potential cravings, which makes food selection more difficult to stick to. When you have more cravings, when you're more irritable, um, you're more tempted for easy, quick convenient food um so it's understanding and going i know i'm going to feel like this so it's having a backup plan and it might be potentially introducing having some chocolate each day having something to settle those cravings each day which has been factored in to your strategy and factored into your calories too and finally mindset self-awareness journaling and self-talk and i think this is so so important i um i there's a great documentary on the Disney Channel 
with Chris Hemsworth. The reason I'm watching it is I've got a good friend, Ross Edgley, who was on two of the episodes working with Chris Hemsworth on it. And one of them was about fasting, and he did a four-day fast. And four days without food is not an easy thing to do. But one of the things that one of the, one of the doctors there or, or scientists was telling him is that don't think about your hunger. Think about why you're doing this, because a lot of fasting has had proven benefits to help with longevity. Um, so changing his mindset from I'm fucking hungry to I'm doing this to stay on the planet longer so I can spend time with my family shifts the mindset of it, shifts this, you know, creates this self-talk that makes yourself be able to go through it. Um, and it's kind of adopting that strategy as well to when it's that time of the month during your period, it's knowing that things are going to be a lot more difficult. But just because things are difficult doesn't mean that you can't still win the game. And I always say say this, look, life is like a game of poker. Sometimes you get dealt a shit hand, um, but just because you do doesn't mean you can't win the game because poker is about strategy. Life is about strategy. Nutrition, training, mindset, they're all about strategies. For my mindset, I always have mental models in place which keep me on track. Nutrition and training, of course, we have different strategies in place when we know that things are coming that are going to be detrimental, such as holidays, such as, you know, weekend breaks, such as Christmas, such as periods, okay? And when you have a protocol for each one, when it does arrive, you can just switch to that protocol, okay? So it's experimenting with things each time it happens and then journaling and writing down things that you did last time that worked. And that's how you create your own strategies because you're going to, cool, it's coming up to that time of the month. I'm going to try this, this, and this. Some things will work. Some things won't work. But if you've got a documentation of it, then that's great. And that's a lot of things which I did this year. Of course, not with my period because I can't have a period. But with my anxiety, okay? Beginning of this year, I had a shit ton of anxiety and I was trying different things that weren't necessarily working. The things that worked, journaling, breath work, cold water committing to those things every single day keeps the anxiety at bay at least for me so it's finding different things that work um and when you have those things it's just adopting those principles so i hope that helps i know it's a bit long-winded but i just want to explain that Anthony uh, flew to Vegas on Friday. Jet lag is killing me. Top tips for dealing with jet lag and remind me of the gym to suggest in Vegas. So the gym in Vegas is called City Athletic Club Las Vegas. I've been to Vegas about seven, six, seven times. And one thing that I do when I'm out there, because comp- I actually competed out there as well in 2014. Um, I normally, um, to adjust to the time, I get up really early. So it depends on when you get there, but I normally get up about three, four o'clock in the morning because of my body clock and I go for a walk. I get some steps in. There's, honestly, Vegas, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., going for steps, it's incredible. The heat is not its not too overpowering. Uh, there's lots of things to see on the walkway at 3, 4 a.m. Um, and it's and putting some headphones on, getting some steps in uh, is, is fantastic. Uh, it's harder coming back from Vegas to the UK than it is UK to Vegas. And I find that, you know, jet lagged out there for a couple of days and then you're fine. It's coming back. And when it's coming back, it's just uh, grizzing it through the day, depending on when you land, um, having a good night's sleep, and then just making sure that you're doing the best to track your nutrition 
uh, during those periods, which isn't easy. Adam, um, looking around the gym, everyone has a very different tempo. What is the ultimate tempo for lifting weights? Is that shred specific or does tempo um, not matter? Tempo does matter, um, but not as much as many people think. And one thing that you've got to understand what tempo is, is the is basically the time that you spend eccentrically um, you know, putting the weight down, the time spent at the bottom, and time spent concentrically bringing the weight back up. And then, of course, the time spent between it coming to the top and then back down. Now, tempo can be great, okay, can be fantastic um, as a strategy to create an increase intensity on exercise, okay? So, for example, one thing that I like to get people to do on leg press is three second eccentric, one second pause, and then one second up. And the reason that I like to do that is because most people don't, don't go deep enough on a leg press. So if you, if you give them three seconds to go down, they normally go deep enough. One second to hold, um, so they're not bouncing it off. And it's very, very intense. The trouble with um, having a slower tempo means that you probably with a heavier weight get get less reps you know if i ask somebody who's fairly strong to do um eight reps of squats at 100 kilos okay they do eight reps one second down one second up their total volume is 800 kilos now if i ask them to do three seconds down one second pause and one second up at the end of those eight reps, they've still lifted 800 kilos, but they might not have been able to complete eight reps because they've spent a lot more time under tension. And when we understand the most important thing for progress is volume, sets times reps times weight, increasing that tempo, that time that you spend lifting the weight, eccentrically, concentrically, can limit that volume, means that it might not be the best strategy for progress. And I hope that hasn't gone over people's heads too much, but it's just understanding um, this. Now, this is Eric Helms. Um, this is Eric Helms' muscle and strength training pyramids. He's got one for nutrition and one for strength. And if you look at the bottom of the pyramid, for those of you who are watching this, the most important thing when it comes to training, okay, is adherence. Adhering to a plan of action, okay. If you adhere to a plan of action, that is going to be the best thing for your progress. The next thing. Volume, intensity, and frequency. Volume, set times, rep times, weight. Intensity, rep range. Uh, frequency, how often you train. Progression, okay, progressive overload. Increasing that volume, intensity, and frequency over time. Or selecting between those three things because they are the ways that you can progress. If you increase your volume, sets times, reps times, weight. And intensity is, of course, the uh, number of reps you essentially do, then that is going to increase your overall weight lifted. If you, for example, do two leg days instead of one leg day, once again, that's going to increase your intensity and volume on your workouts. Next thing is exercise selection. Okay, so exercise selection, not as important as the other three, but it is important making sure that you're you know, hitting compound movements because you can shift the most weight with those and you get the most bang for your buck. Rest periods, someone asked about rest periods. Um, rest periods don't really matter too much. If they're too short, 
then you're not going to be able to lift as heavy on the next set. If they're too long, you might be spending too much time in the gym. You might not have that time, so you might not be able to get all your workout in there. So, you know, it's not really too important. And then at the top there, the least important thing is tempo. The most important thing is that you're taking the muscle through a full range of movement and actually creating a longer tempo for somebody who rushes with the weight and doesn't take the muscle through a full range of movement can be a great strategy to get people to lift um, with better form. So uh, I hope that makes sense. Uh, Bambi, uh, will you be giving advice at the end of the shred on how to bring calories back to maintenance level and how to avoid rebounding after the shred? And the answer is yes. I'm going to be doing a little thing for you on that on the last week. And, uh, and of course, explaining a little bit more about continuation with us because that's, of course, one of my strategies um, is for you to stay with us through December and through January too so we can kickstart 2023 um, and you know, kickstart it with a bank. So the answer is yes. Um, Abigail, my weight is coming down on average one pound per week, which is awesome, which I know is okay. Yep. I can't help but feel disheartened. Please do not feel disheartened with that. I haven't measured my body inch loss yet. Please don't. Everything I'm doing, uh, I'm adapting it to make it sustainable for myself to move forward after the shred. Do you have any advice to help me keep my focus off the scales? Um, Abby, um, Abigail, you're doing everything right. Okay, one of the biggest downfalls for a lot of people is impatience. They're wanting the result faster. And sometimes, as I already mentioned, if you if you try and do things a lot more quicker, you get the result faster, but with unsustainable means. Um, and it comes back to this tortoise and the hare thing. Yes, you can get to the finish line quicker, but most people end up falling asleep and the tortoise always wins. And it's always slow and steady because we don't just want to get to our goal, we want to keep it there. And the only way that you will keep it there is by firstly taking it slowly. Secondly, enjoying the journey so you can keep consistent after you've got there. And thirdly, understanding what works for you and what doesn't. Okay, because any I can give anyone a piece of paper and say, if you just follow that to the letter, you'll get to your goal. It's a bit like giving you a map and going, right, if you just go that way. But you don't learn the map. You just learn how to get there. And this is, you know, we can go very deep on this. It's a bit like sat-nav. In the amount of times I've gone around the UK, I have no clue where I am, but I get to the destination all because of this thing that tells me go left, go right. But that hasn't taught me anything about navigating there. If someone says to me, turn around and said, how do I get to that, to there? Um, you know, show me what roads to do, what junction to get off. I wouldn't have a clue. And unfortunately, this is very much like people in weight loss, okay? They keep doing all these programs and plans. They keep following these maps and these pieces of paper and they keep getting to their destination. But the, it, when they get to their de destination, they get lost because they didn't know how they got there and they only know that if they want to get there again, they've got to follow a piece of paper. Um, and I hope you can see what I'm trying to do in this uh, Sanctuary Shred. It's firstly getting you to navigate yourselves. Secondly, to slow things down. And, and thirdly, it's not all about the destination, okay? You will get there, but sometimes it's nice to take the scenic route because it's a lot more enjoyable. And when you get there, tend to stay there okay so i hope that helps and i hope it wasn't too uh deep and uh what's the word i don't know um i've forgotten the word now kind of encrypted so to speak uh mark 
Eating well and keeping within calories, however, Moo dropped at the end of the week and had eaten 400 less calories for two days. Just wasn't hungry. Can this affect mood? Wasn't tired or stressed? Uh, just low mood. Um, yeah, Mark, I'll tell you what. I, I, I haven't had the best of moods the last few days as well. And I think as well, um, I was reflecting on this. I was like, why, you know, what? everything's going right. You know, I'm in pretty damn good shape. You know, I've been doing this Santa Shred with you guys. And I was kind of doing my own little Santa Shred for about four weeks before we started the Santa Shred. So, you know, I'm in the best shape that I've been in all year. And just this week, I've just felt a bit meh. It's got, still done everything, still hit all my workouts. Um, injured my elbow this week, which is going to hinder some of my workouts. Um, so that's kind of annoying. And you're, you're probably very much like me, Mark. When I get a little bit stressed, when I get a little bit like low mood, it affects my appetite and I don't eat as much. Other people, they have a low mood, um, they get stressed and they eat more. So firstly, looking at it sometimes is a good thing. But just knowing that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the times, you know, you've got to look at uh, weeks as a week by week basis. One of the things that I realized from this week is that I haven't been having um, much fun the last couple of weeks. Normally in my journal, a question that I ask myself every morning is what are you going to do for fun today? Okay, so it's one of my questions in my journal every morning. What are you going to do for fun today? And I keep putting on it work-based stuff. Okay, I keep saying, oh, I'm going to do a live stream, this, that, and the other. And I'm just fobbing myself off because I'm not, like, I'm not having in my diary strategically planning fun. And that's what is going to, you know, really change the game over the next few weeks. I'm like, cool. When I get asked a question, what am I going to do for, for fun? I'm actually going to go and find and do things that are going to be fun. Um, I did have some fun on uh, on Thursday. I went down to see one of my friends, stayed there the night because we, d- we did a, a podcast and we played Connect Four and Buckaroo. So I did have a hell of a lot of fun on that Thursday. And it just reminded me when I had that fun of going, cool, actually... I haven't laughed like that in a, in, in a few weeks and I need to focus on doing more of those things um, and planning some more stuff out, which of course I'm going to do. Um, so you're not, firstly, you're not the only one. Um, secondly, mood can affect appetite. And thirdly, have a plan of action going into week five to find ways of increasing that mood. Uh, Jamie, should we drop the weight lifted for the final set to get more reps or lift as heavy as we can for eight reps? So you're talking about the fourth rep till failure. I always recommend hitting the same weight and just trying to get an extra two reps, okay? Two to three reps. Um, or you can rest pause, um, hit it, uh, rest it, the weight down, just wait for five seconds and then try and get another few reps out. Um, but I would keep with the same weight. Okay, Rachel, uh, would you ever recommend fat burners for a regular overweight working mum? If so, which, and if not, why not? Uh, Which, none. I mean, pretty much most fat burners, in inverted commas, are just caffeine supplements, overpriced caffeine supplements. So you're better off having black coffee um, and spicy food or adding chilies and stuff because that's about all they have. So no, um, I don't recommend them for for very much that. Um, You know, they're not fat burners they're just energy um and some of them have appetite suppressants in them which once again i don't recommend because if you've got voluminous food in your diet um and you're having things like caffeine um then you just you don't need fat burners the best fat burners is making sure that you're under on your calories each and every week best fat burner in the world okay so i would not recommend them save you money 
because um, most of them are a waste of money. Megan, would you recommend any, any supplements for joints? Um, there is a, a small body of research for collagen peptides, some high quality collagen uh, peptides, but you know it's a bit inc inconclusive. My best recommendation for joints is high strength fish oil. And it's based on my recommendation that I had at the start of this center thread, I, I use a, a high strength fish oil called Nordic oil. It's fantastic uh, for, for joints. So high strength fish oil, Megan. Uh, Tessa, I've really increased my weights, but the thing limiting me now is my grip strength. How can I improve this? So I last I think it was last week we had, I think it was, it might have been 10 reverse lunges with dumbbells. And I was going quite heavy on those dumbbells. And my grip was going, um, which kind of limited me, I reckon, about two and a half to maybe five kilos on those dumbbells. So my recommendation is to get wrist wraps, okay? They're, they're cheap. You can get them on Amazon, about 10 quid. You just wrap them around your wrists and then wrap them around the barbell and or the dumbbell. Um, so if you're doing walking lunges, it's great for that. If you're doing reverse lunges or lunges with dumbbells, um, just wrap, use those wraps and wrap them around um, the weights. That can be great for dumbbells when you're doing kind of carrying lunge-based movements and you want to increase the weight, but the thing that's stopping is your grip. So uh, wrist wraps will be the best thing for you. Then you just type in wrist wraps on Amazon. There's lots of different ones. and Just pick ones that's, um, that look good. Jay, uh, what's a good substitute exercise for stiff leg deadlifts if my back is feeling taxed? Um, if you're not getting on with the barbell for stiff leg deadlifts, I recommend using a trap bar. And of course, the main reason is because your um, arms are not in front of your body, they're by the side. So it tends to be a lot less taxing on your back um, and a lot better on your hamstrings. So I would just um, change stiff leg deadlifts if they've got it in your gym for a trap bar stiff leg deadlift. Um, you'll notice that a lot better and just make sure that you are hip hinging uh, correctly um, and not going all the way down so it rounds your back. And feel free that if you are doing um, any deadlifts, any stiff dead, stiff leg deadlifts or trap bar deadlifts and you want to just put a video in the group so to have a look at your form, uh, by all means, okay? Liam, uh, would you still advise the usual increase steps by 2,000 or drop 100 calories to keep on track with the weight loss? Um, and I would say yes, um, definitely. Emma, um, do you think refeed days are worth using during these six weeks? And I would say no. Most people do not need a refeed. But if, for example, you're getting, you know, really like bad energy, as in like you're getting really bad energy, you're sticking to all your calories and everything. It's definitely not something I'd recommend within the six-week period, but refeeds, you know, structured refeeds can be great. And for those of you wondering what a refeed is, basically it's just one day of eating a, a more calories than you normally do. So let's just say that you're on, you know, from a, from a female point of view, that you're on about 1,600, 1,700 calories. It's having one day of maybe hitting about 2,600 calories um, on that day for one day um, because it kind of breaks the pattern. It's something to look forward to. A few extra calories uh, can be great. And, um, you know, it can be a great strategy for weight loss if you're doing it over long periods of time. And if I was doing this over six months, I would definitely be having refeeds in because it's the psychological breaks that you need to keep 
pushing forward. But within a six-week period, it's not something I would normally recommend or factor in, okay? Because it, just because of the shortest, it's a very short period of time. Um, and that's it. Boom. Ladies and gents, can you believe it? Four weeks down, two weeks uh, left to go. Um, someone said, Thank, thanks for explaining what the fuck are you talking about. Yeah, hopefully. Like, I, I can go really deep when it comes to things like uh, tempo uh, and everything, if you like, kind of understand it at, at that kind of level, because there's always, like, a lot of people have with lots of things like nutrition, training, and mindset, they have an anchoring effect. They focus on um, specifics instead of the overall thing. So someone will say, oh, what's the best supplement? When they haven't even considered just making sure that their macronutrients and calories are on point. Some people will be thinking about their post-workout meal, when actual fact they haven't considered their calories, macros, and adherence to a plan of action that's going to get them close to their goal. So it's a lot of people have these anchoring effects, and I try and bring them back to the fundamentals of, of what they want to achieve and, and what it is um, that they're doing. But, ladies and gents, we are a month in. Can you believe it? We have two weeks left. If you need to make a tweak or change this week, make a tweak or change, because this is probably going to be um, the last kind of push for the end of the Santa Shred. And as I already mentioned, next week I'm going to be talking a little bit more about um, the continuation with us. It's the first time that we're doing it. Uh, very excited about it because we're, we're going to have some training programs throughout December. We're going to have a little mini challenge in January as well. Um, there's going to be uh, a weekly live stream with me through December and January. Um, there is a potential chance of winning a little prize at the end of Jan for someone who does best on a little mini Jan challenge. Um, and it also gives you a free ticket to my Mindset with Muscle Live, the very first um, live Mindset Muscle event that I've ever done um, on the 14th of Jan in Leicester. And it's going to be a phenomenal event. And of course, um, I really hope that you'll join us because it's going to be an awesome next kind of seven, seven-ish uh, weeks to the lead up to the end of Jan. It's going to be an awesome day on that Saturday. And of course, I've got, as already mentioned, uh, an incredible 90-day program, which I'm going to be uh, building through December and January, uh, ready to rock and roll in Feb. So that's it for me, ladies and gents. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, um, and I will speak to you all through the week. Adios, amigos.